Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Comfort Zone, the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding you through change the easy way so that you can live your best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. A long time ago, when I was still in my corporate career, and I was just about to join the senior management team at the age of 24, I was called to the HR department. They were doing a review of their diversity and inclusion initiatives. I was met by a happy HR representative who was quick to congratulate me on the achievement of having become one of the youngest to ever join the senior management level at the company. The representative wanted to ask me some questions and fill out a few fields in her survey to be submitted to the national office for record keeping. The representative asked me about my background, assuming that since I had a non-Swedish surname, I was of a different nationality, and she inquired about my parents and when they came to the country, etc. During the conversation, it became clear that not only was she assuming that I was an immigrant, but she also made some references to my sexuality, assuming that I was gay. Now, in Sweden, in the company culture that I was part of, it wasn't really an issue for a colleague of mine to candidly talk about my sexuality. I'm not saying it was right, I am simply saying that I personally didn't take any offence. The interview was not as much of a success as the HR representative had hoped for. Here she was, thinking that they hit the diversity jackpot with my recruitment for the senior management team, a young immigrant gay man. Unfortunately for my organization, I wasn't an immigrant. Both my parents were born in Sweden, although to immigrant parents, but I was born and raised in Sweden. And I wasn't gay. This was one time when I was exposed to stereotyping and biases in my professional career. Now, please understand that in no way am I comparing my story or experience with other minorities or marginalized people, since I am still a cis male. I did want to point out the funny and very meta situation of someone conducting a diversity and inclusion survey thinking they had a strong candidate for inclusion, only to see how this was all based on unconscious biases, something that is present for all of us. You might have heard me reference a saying before that goes something like this, 90% of your thinking is recycled thinking from yesterday. Now, this has implications on the potential of your life or career, which of course can be worked on. But another thing that this saying is pointing towards is the automatic thinking process that is going on for you on a day-to-day basis. And whether you know it or not, your decisions, behaviours and actions are informed by these recycled thoughts, instincts and automated thought patterns, which influences your professional life as well as your personal life. And it influences other people too, from the way that you interact with them at work, at school or at home. I'm sure that you, like me, like to think that you're a rational person making fair and informed decisions assumptions and conclusions. 
Unfortunately, this is often not the case. Your brain is bombarded with around 11 million bits of information every second, and you're only able to consciously process about 16 to 40 bits of that information. That's a lot of bits of information that isn't consciously processed. So what happens with the remaining bits of information? It gets processed in your unconscious mind. And these subconsciously categorized bits of information take the shape of feelings, thoughts, instincts and beliefs. And they get transformed into unconscious prejudices. The human brain is a storytelling machine, always looking to make sense of things. Given only a few bits of information, your brain will immediately come up with a story and an explanation based on assumptions and conclusions, often bridging gaps where there is an absence of information. This process is fast and automatic because it relies on your intuitive thinking. Unfortunately, your brain can't fathom what is missing. It's optimized for coherence, not correctness. And this process leads to you developing unconscious biases. Unconscious biases, also known as implicit bias, is when we act on learned assumptions, beliefs, stereotypes or attitudes formed from our understanding, our experiences, upbringing and environment, which for the most part exists and happens in the subconscious. These biases fulfill an important role in your survival. What a bias helps you do is to create a mental shortcut for faster information processing. In my episode about the danger of black and white thinking with Mark Stalegrave, I unpack the prime directive of your mind, which is to keep you alive by protecting you. Part of your mind's strategies is to predict in order to protect. Another way to increase your chance of survival is to preserve your energy. When you don't have to exert energy or effort into evaluating threats, you have more resources available for other things. Typically, you'll rely on your unconscious processing abilities to handle about 99% of the information you process. That is a lot of blind spots, a lot of things you're simply unaware of that are going on and going into your decision-making and the actions you make. And this is how your unconscious biases can do so much harm when you act on your gut instincts, knee-jerk reactions or assumptions. It seems like the most natural thing to you to assume or conclude a certain thing, and then in reality, it's enforcing an unfair or even harmful assumption which can have serious consequences in your personal or professional life. This means that people affected by your actions might be unfairly judged, discriminated against or favoured without you being completely aware of it. Perhaps right now you're thinking, I'm sure Adam's right. But I don't think I have a problem with this. And this is the danger with implicit biases. They are incredibly well hidden. And you wouldn't be alone in thinking that you're not a very biased person. In an experiment by Mindspace a few years ago, they set out to test people's unconscious biases. Mindspace ran the experiment with 22 people all trying to solve the same riddle and recorded their responses. The riddle... 
A father is about to bring his son to a job interview, applying for a position at a large stockbroker's company in the city. Just as they arrive at the company's parking lot, the son's phone rings. He looks at his father who says, go ahead, answer it. The caller is the trading company CEO who says, good luck son, you've got this. The son ends the call and once again looks at his father, who is still next to him in their car. How is this possible? You get a call from the CEO, uh, but it says, Good luck, son. But he was next to him. So it's not the father. I think it was probably an audio recording of his father. Maybe he made it a, a demo tape. Like, is like he has two fathers this is a hot one maybe it's a word joke like it's the grandfather of the son no i think his name is son i don't know were you able to solve the riddle the answer to the riddle is the ceo was the boy's mother ah. i should have thought of that yes the ceo is a woman so i'm i'm biased <laughs> in a sense is this about diversity and inclusion? It's really mind-blowing, actually. So I always thought that uh, I'm not as, not very sexist. But in spite of that, I think these subconscious biases are there in everyone's mind. How much bias I still have in terms of thinking that the CEO needs to be a man. Yeah, I definitely was picturing a man. A lot of us get this one wrong. And it's not so much about the fact that we're wrong or right. It's about how much of the decisions and conclusions we make are done from an unconscious place of the mind, where deep biases and even prejudices reside. And this is simply human. It's human to have biases. It's part of the system that was tasked with keeping us alive. However, being aware of this fact the fact of how pervasive our implicit biases are, you now have the opportunity to prevent them from causing unnecessary harm. You do have the power to reduce the impact of your own biases by raising your awareness of their actual existence and by practicing some techniques to challenge your habitual thinking. Firstly, you want to acknowledge that unconscious bias exists, even for you. See how your mind's stories are narratives based on limited data, not the truth. Secondly, adopt a healthy suspiciousness of your mind's stories and conclusions and question your beliefs and decisions, even when they feel right. Thirdly, take steps to own your personal biases. Reflect on your behaviours and introduce steps to reduce and eliminate bias from your actions. Here's some ideas on how to do that. Make more informed decisions. Unintentional biases are more likely to happen when you make fast decisions or act in the heat of the moment. So slow things down and give more space for you to respond from a more conscious place. This can be done by making sure to take a breath before you jump in or offer up your answer. You might even ask for some time to gather your thoughts rather than simply say the first thing that comes to mind. Notice your behaviour and reactions. 
question first impressions or extreme reactions to people or situations. As mentioned before, during quick decisions, you run the risk of making assumptions based on implicit biases or prejudice. Notice and reflect on if your actions were objective or subjective. Take in more data. Part of the problem of the mind is that it keeps making assumptions and bridging informational gaps with its stories. When you add more information or collect more data, you're in a better position to evaluate certain assumptions. You can make sure to spend time with people from a different culture or background. You can expose yourself to other schools of thoughts. Something that I personally make an effort around is to expose myself to and explore theories or concepts that are disconfirming what I believe. This allows me to better understand the opposing party and sometimes make me re-evaluate my own beliefs, making them more diverse, inclusive and resilient. It's a great brain exercise challenging your cognitive dissonance and unconscious biases. Read a book, listen to a podcast, something that is disconfirming what you already believe. Ask more questions. Dare to question yourself more and to not take your mind's initial conclusion as the truth. If anything, the initial conclusion is more likely a first draft or suggestion. It's more often a story, not the truth. Be especially mindful of your assumptions when you're feeling tired, stressed or pressured, since mental shortcuts are often used during situations like that to help you conserve energy. A question that I often use in both my professional life as well as my personal life and which, when used, helps deepen my understanding and often the relationship that I am engaged with in the moment is this. I know what that means to me, but I don't know what that means to you. For example, when you say that you're feeling insulted by something I said, I will think... I know what insulted means to me, but I don't know what it means to you. And so my next action can be to invite you to explain more about what just happened. This way, we're able to perhaps diffuse an otherwise escalating situation due to unconscious thinking and assumption making. And finally, apologize if you get it wrong. We all have biases. Please see this. Remember that we can only deal with biases when we acknowledge them and being honest about our mistakes or assumptions. Not being willing to see where you've been wrong will only keep the implicit bias in place and galvanize its resolve. Back in my corporate career, having advanced in my senior management team and joined another site, I found myself opposite one of my colleagues who managed to trigger me and provoke me by her ways of communicating and acting. In many ways, she was the opposite of me. She was quick to react and take action. She seldom liked planning or strategizing. She preferred action, quick action, moving fast and breaking things and sometimes apologizing for it. She was tough, outspoken and very direct. And she was driving me nuts. But after about six months of me being in my new position, I found myself a bit stuck and unable to move my team forward. I felt that I was lacking some skills and potentially perspective on the whole situation. 
and I realized that if I had only 5% of my infuriating colleagues' traits, it would already make a huge difference since we were so different. And I did recognize that I could use some more assertiveness, directness and speed in my thinking and action-taking. So I mustered up the courage and swallowed my pride and knocked on her door and asked if she'd be willing to mentor me for six months. She was surprised by this ask, but she was happy to seize a chance to tell me where I was wrong and where she was right, and so we began our time together. I learned a lot from this experience by being mentored by someone so unlike me, and she too learned a lot from our interactions. And another incredibly beautiful thing happened from us making that journey together. We became the best of friends. I had made a friend for life. And she remains one of my good friends until this very day. And my life has been richer because of it. Now that you've become more aware, let me finish this conversation with yet another riddle and see if you can solve this one. Once a father and his son were traveling in a car, the car gets in an accident. The father escapes with minor injuries, but the son is injured seriously. The boy is taken to the hospital and he needs an operation. The doctor enters the operation room and when seeing the boy refuses to work saying, he is my son. How is this possible? Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episode by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you and please keep it up. Talk more soon.